Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. So the person who's having a more profound effect on success should have a different set of rules imposed on them than the person who is hindering the success. Pretty exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. What can you get? DreOlday.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. Then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic, fair does not mean the same. We're going to clear up what it actually means in today's masterclass. But before we do that, let me tell you about it. I have a daily motivation text that I send out free of charge to everyone who is in my texting community. This message is guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp, and on point. I might be sending it out weekly by the time you hear this episode, but either way, it'll come out at least once a week. If you want to get that message, text me at my number, which is 305-384-6894. And every time I send out the motivational message, whether it's weekly, daily, whatever it is, you'll be getting it straight to your phone. And as a bonus, you can actually respond to any one of those messages and have direct communication with me via text. So hit me at that number. It is listed down below in the show notes if you missed it. Now, getting into today's topic, I remember I once worked with an entrepreneur who was set to sell a product and I'm coaching this person and I asked her, how much are you going to sell your product for? She was putting together, this was a service-based product. I asked her how much she wanted to sell it for. And she didn't actually give me a number. What she said was, well, Dre, I just want to make sure that I'm selling it at a fair price. Those are her exact words. But before she even gave a number, I knew that by the way that she said it, that when she said a fair price, that she was about to undervalue herself because I knew her background, her level of expertise and her background and level of expertise says she should have been selling at a relatively high price, higher than most of the people in her space. But when she said a fair price, I knew what she meant was a lower price so that it was more affordable and reachable for maybe the type of people who she was thinking might be interested in buying it. And maybe the type of person that she is when it's time for her to buy stuff. So she is a person who probably wouldn't spend a whole lot of money on certain things, or she doesn't want to be a person who gets other people to spend a whole lot of money on certain things. So she was calling it 
a fair price. So I knew she was about to undervalue herself. Then she gave me the number and I was right. She did absolutely undervalue herself by a whole lot. And there was a lot of work that I had to do with her to get her to get her mind around setting a higher price. Now, I'm not working with this person anymore, but unfortunately, this person is still undervaluing themselves and not selling at that price, not because they didn't hear what I said when I told them what I told them. And I'm going to share the framework around it here in today's masterclass, but because this person had mental issues around the price. It wasn't anything about, it's not that they didn't logically understand what I said or logically understand my explanation. What they needed was to get their mind right around this concept. Just get their mind right around the concept of money, just generally speaking. And I'm just using money as an example here, but a whole lot of people have this exact same challenge. So speaking of money, since I'm bringing it up, let me refer to you a couple episodes around this, where if any of you ever had this issue of fair you think that means the same or you think it means lower or lesser. It does not. I will explain what it means. But episode 2111, I talked about getting your mind right around money. In episode 2214, how your poor money mindset is keeping you broke. Episode 2266, how short-sightedness is costing you money and opportunity. In episodes 2220 and 2221, money increasing principles and healthy money mindsets. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, go listen to them. Any of you who have any issues when it comes to mindset and mentality around money. Okay, but this woman, going back to my story, she had been raised and indoctrinated on this idea of fair, meaning the same and everybody being close to equal. And because she had this mindset, she was holding herself back because, as I said, her skill level and her expertise and her background, she was higher level than most of her competition. And she was good enough to command high prices in her particular space. But skill wise, she was good enough to do it. But mindset wise, she was still thinking like a peasant and then she wanted to sell her stuff like a peasant. So that was exactly what was holding her back. So let's address and fix this for everybody. Again, I'm just using that story to frame the topic here today. Point number one topic, once again, is fair does not mean the same. Definition of fair, ladies and gentlemen, straight from the dictionary is in accordance with rules or standards. Legitimate. That's the definition of fair. Notice it doesn't say anything here about everybody being equal and everybody being the same because we ain't all equal and we ain't all the same. So it shouldn't say that. Episodes number 1360 and episode number 2095. I point out to you that rules are not the same for everyone and they shouldn't be. And not everybody plays by the same rules. All right. This is exactly the way life is supposed to be. Should everybody play by the same rules? No. If you work in a sales job, for example, and the top salesperson in the office needs a day or two off from work to handle a personal matter, they will probably get less pushback from management about asking for two days off than the underperforming salesperson who hasn't even hit their quota in the last six months, making the exact same request. Now, here's my question to you. Is that fair? Let me tell you the scenario again. You tell me if this is fair or not. Top salesperson in the office asks for two days off, doesn't get much pushback from management. They say, yeah, take your two days off. Another salesperson, same job, but they are underperforming. This person has not hit their quota in any of the last six months. They asked for two days off and management is kind of giving them a hard time about it. So two different responses to the exact same request from two people at the same job, but one of them is a high performer, one of them is a low performer. Is that fair that they got two different responses? Here's my answer to the question. I don't know your answer. Here's my answer. Answer is hell yes, that's fair. Why? Because the top performing salesperson is making more impact on the success of the business than the low performing salesperson. And let me say this a different way. The top performing salesperson is more important to the company than a low performing salesperson is. Oh, Dre, that's kind of harsh to say, isn't it? Well, let's get a definition of the word important. 
Important means having a profound impact on success. That's the definition of the word important, having a profound impact on success. So their importance can be measured. So a person who has more impact on success than another person is, by definition, more important than the other person. So should the more important person get treated differently? Of course they should. Now, this is the reason why clubs and conferences and all kinds of events and programs and everything, they have a thing called VIP. What does VIP stand for? Very important person. What makes the person important? That they have a profound impact on success, more profound than the people who are not VIP. So what does that mean? So if I throw an event, I have an event, if I have a VIP section, the VIPs have a more profound impact on the success of me, my event and my company than the people who are sitting in general admission. How do I measure this? I measure this because the VIP ticket costs more than the general admission ticket. And I'm in the business of making money. Right, you see how that works? You go to a nightclub and there's some famous person like an athlete or an entertainer or maybe an influencer, I guess, these days sitting in the VIP section. Why are they in VIP? What makes them more important than the people who are in the regular part of the crowd? Well, the fact that their fame gets people to come to the club, right? This is why I don't do the nightlife, but I have remember seeing the flyers for nightlife, right? And the flyer will say this famous rapper or this NBA player or this influencer or this model is going to be at the club that night. And just because that person is going to be there, they're not going to do anything. They're just going to walk around. That's going to get more people to come to the club and spend money. So that person's presence has a profound effect, impact on the success of the nightclub because the nightclub is in the business of making money. So the more people you can get to show up, that makes you a more important individual. And if you've ever been on an airplane, they have a section called first class. What is first class? First class are the VIPs. What makes those people important? The fact that they spent more money for their ticket than the people sitting in coach. <laughs> and guess what business the airline is in? They're in the business of making money. So the people who spend more money for the ticket are more important to them than the people who spend less money. This is how it is, people. Listen, you ain't got to be looking at this like you're on the outside looking in. Get in the game. Go somewhere where you are a VIP and stay there and build up your brand, build up your business, build up your name. You could be a VIP somewhere. You just got to pick the right place. So the person who's having a more profound effect on success should have a different set of rules imposed on them than the person who is hindering the success. This is absolutely how it's supposed to be. What would be a tragedy is if you try to treat everybody exactly the same. That would be ridiculous. They're doing this a lot now. I see this a lot in academic circles where schools are, they're doing this at the, like the high school level, is that many schools are saying that they're no longer going to have standardized testing. They don't want to have standardized testing anymore because certain groups of people are underperforming on the standardized test relative to other groups of people. Now, here, there's something that I will say about this. I've talked about the American educational system on this show before, way back in the past, and I trashed it. The system is broken. It is not working the way that it's supposed to work. I will give you that point. And I've even said the standardized tests don't quite make sense simply because every human is not exactly the same. So how are you going to give everybody the same test and measure everybody based on that test? That doesn't quite make sense because not everybody thinks the same way. So why we all got to pass the same test? However, on the other hand, if there is a standardized test and everybody knows that the standardized test is coming up and everyone knows that their proficiency will be measured by that test, then Everyone also has the ability to prepare for that test because you know exactly what, how you're going to be measured and you want to be measured in a favorable way so that you can get a favorable outcome at the next level that you're going to. If you know that that's coming, then even if you don't like the concept of the standardized test, you can still get ready for it. Right. I might not like the way my boss is measuring my performance, but if I know that's how they're measuring it and I know that the way that they measure it is going to determine whether I make more money or not next year and my goal is to make more money next year, then I should probably get ready for that measurement. So there's a flip side to this argument. So. I am against the concept of removing 
standards in any way, shape, or form. Because when you remove standards, you lower people's level of performance. When people are not held to a standard, they stop performing. This is simply how it happens. So this whole concept of let's remove the standards of measurement for people to make it more fair for everyone so everyone can kind of be on the same level is ridiculous because now the high performers are no longer incentivized to perform at a high level. And that's a bad thing because now the performers are going to stop performing. And if the performers stop performing, then we're going to stop getting the overall positive results in society that the performers produce. Uh, We want to recognize the high performers because when they get recognized and rewarded for their high performance, they will keep performing at a high level. And that will allow all of us to live at a higher level because we have these people. But if we stop incentivizing them, they will stop being who they are. So I'm against this idea of removing standards to try to make things more fair for everybody. What we need to do is raise the standards and further reward the high performers and further punish the low performers. And if that makes them feel bad socially because they're not performing, well, step your game up and then you won't feel bad anymore because you're performing. All right, that's the game. You know what the standards are. They're right there in front of you. You can see them. They're written down. In accordance with standards is what fairness means. The top performing people have higher standards for themselves than a lower performing person, right? All right, that's how they got to become a high performer. It's not by luck. It's not by some genetic code. It's because they're going out there and holding themselves to a standard of performing. If you look at a school district and there's a certain group of students and how they've been doing this, I mean, you all look at the news and maybe you don't, but you all look at social media, you hear this stuff. They're making these groups by race. That's what they're doing. They're doing it by race. They're saying, well, kids of color are performing worse during the shutdowns of schools during the COVID than kids in other races. Well, why is this? Well, because the kids of color, when they're at home, with their parents, their parents don't have the same standards for them keeping up their academic performance the way that kids in other groups do. That's the exact reason why it's happening. How do I know this? Because what other explanation you got for it? Are they just genetically dumber because they're a different color? No, it's because they're not being held to a standard. <laughs> There's no standard they're being held to. That's why they're not performing. If you give them a standard, they will perform. This is how it works in all of life, folks. It doesn't matter what topic we're talking about. When people have standards, they perform. When you, they don't have standards, they do not perform. You remove standards, they will perform even worse. If they're not performing with the standards in place, then what you need to do is change the approach to how they are being asked to perform. They're not underperforming because you have standards. They're underperforming because they're not meeting the standard. So what the school districts, any school district is saying, we're going to remove standardized testing because we want to make it more fair and get the same outcomes for everybody. They're coming up with the right answer to the wrong question. See, they're asking the question, how can we make things more even so that the differences aren't so stark between everybody? So they came up with the right answer to that question, but it's the wrong question. The better question is, how do we get the lower performing people to perform at a higher level? That's the right question, but they don't ask that question because asking that question is going to lead to some uncomfortable answers that they don't want to answer. That's a different conversation for a different day. Let's move on to point number two. Today's topic, once again, is fair does not mean the same. Number two, being fair means everybody should be treated based on what they bring to the table and their relative value compared to everybody else in in the room. Let me say that again. Being fair means everybody should be treated based on what they bring to the table and their relative value compared to everybody else in the room. That's what fair means. I want to be treated based on my value. So understanding this, most of the time when people complain that something is not fair, they're actually wrong. If you say something's not fair, many times you're wrong in saying that because many people think fair means the same. It does not. Everybody getting the same outcome or having the same set of rules or the same standards is not the goal. While that may be a thing sometimes to some people, it's not the thing all the time to everyone. It doesn't always apply to everyone. Let me give you an example. On a basketball team, there may be some standards that apply to everyone. Here's a standard that applies to everybody. Everybody has to be at practice on time. Everybody needs to be at the gym at a certain time before every game. Everybody needs to pass a physical. 
everyone needs to listen to and respect the coach. Right? Everybody on the team needs to do that. No matter if you're the best player or the worst player, you got to do that. However, in other areas, the standards are different when it comes to, for example, if the star player on the basketball team makes a mistake in the game, they might be able to get away with a few mistakes in the game because of all the great plays they're going to make to balance out the mistakes, more than balance out the mistakes. Whereas if the player who sits at the end of the bench gets in the game and they make two mistakes in a row, they might not get a chance to make a third mistake because they're going to be right back on the bench. Is that fair? Yes, it's fair. Why? Because the star player is doing enough stuff to outweigh any mistakes that they make. Their mistakes are kind of the trade-off for how great they play. Whereas the player at the end of the bench, the bummy player, all right, they're not making any superstar plays during the game. So there is no trade-off to their mistakes. Their mistakes are just a net negative. So should they have different rules? Yes, they should. They each get a different amount of leeway based on their status within the organization. Their status is based on the level of importance, and their importance is based on how much effect on success this individual has. That is the definition of fair. Point number three. Today's topic, once again, is fair does not mean the same. Number three, 98% of the time we consider something to be unfair is because we're looking at the food on another person's plate and we're comparing their meal to our meal. We're saying they got more food than us. And we say, well, it's not fair. They have more food than us. Well, maybe it is fair. Maybe they have more of an effect on success. Maybe the effect on success that you're looking at is different from the effect on success that the people making the decisions are looking at. So you need to know what their metric is compared to what your metric is. I've been in these situations where I've been part of a group and I'm like, all right, well, why is this person seem to be getting more favor than I'm getting? And I think I have more of an effect on success than that person. So I'm looking at this like, wait a minute, this is not right. This is not fair because I have more of an effect on success than them. They're actually doing this backwards. That's what I start to think. But then I tell myself, I correct myself and say, well, wait a minute. What I think success is and the impact that I'm making on that success might be different from what the decision makers think success is. Maybe their version of success is different from my version of success. So until I clear up that unsolved mystery, then maybe I'm just measuring by the wrong metric. Maybe they're measuring by a different metric than me, which is why they value that person over there more than they value me, because they're not measuring it the same way that I'm measuring it. And that's usually the case. Usually it's just we're asking the wrong question. So we think the measurement is this, but the measurement is actually that. And that's why you're getting the outcome that you're getting. So you need to solve the unsolved mysteries so you can find out what's really going on in this space. So then it will make more sense why things are happening the way that they're happening. And oftentimes people misinterpret how other people are seeing things. And this is where confusion happens. This is how people get resentful. Like, hey, this is not going the way it's supposed to go based on what you think, but it's not about what you think. It's about what whoever's making the decision thinks. So until you're the person making a decision, what you think is not the number one consideration. This is what we all got to keep in mind. While you can understand, it is impossible to completely exterminate this habit of looking at the food on other people's plates because we all do it. You must also understand that complaining about something being unfair does not necessarily mean that anybody needs to change it <laughs> to fit your standards. Just as you complain about something doesn't mean it's going to change. Oftentimes, when you complain about something, it doesn't do anything but just make you like a person who's complaining. Right? Nothing actually changes because, again, your measurement of fair is different from their measurement of fair. They're measuring thing A, you're measuring thing B. And this is where challenges occur. For example, there's a TV show called The Wire. And on this show, there was this a season where they were following these people in the newspaper industry. And there was this guy, his name was, what was this guy's name? I can't remember. His, I think his name was Scott. So there was a writer named Scott and he noticed that, well, first of all, let me back up. Scott had ambition to move up in the industry. He wanted to win an award because he knew winning an award would help elevate his career and move him up in the writing, the journalism industry. So 
when he saw the opportunity, long story short, Scott basically started making up a fake news story and he just let the story drag on and drag on. He just kept making up more sensational pieces to go into this fake news story and national news started to pick it up and this became like this big deal news story that he was basically making up. Now, his editor, which is his boss, basically the editor of the copy desk at the newspaper was starting to notice some inconsistencies in the story. And he started to ask critical questions as he's supposed to about what actually is happening in the story. Because he was noticing some things that just didn't add up. Now, what happened was the bosses of the newspaper, which are the boss to the editor, they started to tell the editor, like, hey, like this guy might be on his way to winning a Pulitzer Prize. And if he wins a Pulitzer Prize, it makes the company look good. It makes everybody look good. And it would make the bosses money. So they are kind of like trying to tell the editor, look, without saying it in so many words, they were telling the editor, look, we know it's your job to point out the inconsistencies in the story, but we want you to kind of look the other way on this one because this guy might win an award, was going to make us money and you know, just kind of keep it on us. They didn't say that in so many words, but it was implied to the editor. But the editor, he was so much in his own mind doing what he thought was right. He didn't quite get the memo. He didn't quite get the idea. So he kept pushing and pushing and pushing on his writer who was clearly writing some bullshit. It was bullshit what he was doing. And he pushed and pushed and pushed so much on his writer that eventually the editor's bosses canned the editor. Instead of getting rid of the writer who was writing the bullshit, they kept him because he was helping them achieve their vision of success. Their measure of success was let's get a prize winner in this office so we can look good. When the editor's measure of success was let's stick to journalistic principles. They were willing to throw their principles out to win an award and make money. So this is all part of playing the game. I talked about this in episode 1210. Don't complain, play the game. Sometimes in life, folks, you have to figure out what the game actually is, and it might not be what you think it is. Many of you make the mistake of thinking that the game is one thing when the game is actually something else. Some people are playing one game and you're playing a different game. Episode 1314, Hustle is learning to play the game. You might think the game is, well, let me do everything by the book and by the rules and by the standards and principles that I was taught growing up. Whereas the people who you're working with, they ain't playing by those rules. They got a whole different set of outcomes that they wish to achieve that are more important. Maybe they want to do that, but if something else that's higher on the hierarchy than that comes along, they're willing to throw all that stuff out the window in order to get this other outcome. Your job is to discern and find out what those other things are. Because if you make a mistake and thinking that is one thing when it's actually another, you'll end up losing out on opportunity. Talk about discernment in episode 1431. Let me give you another example of something that actually just happened with me. I had a guy reach out to me. He heard me on somebody's podcast. He couldn't remember which one it was. I was on somebody's podcast and he said, well, I'm interested in bringing you up to, he works at a college in the United States. That's as far as much as I'll say. He works at a college in the United States. He wanted me to come speak to his section of the school at some event that they had going on, possibly in 2023. So I told him, yeah, I can come speak at the event. And he said, basically, I want you to talk about the same stuff I heard you talking about on this podcast. And he asked me what my fee was, told him the fee. He said, all right, cool. But I knew what was going to happen here. Knowing that this is a college or university, he had to talk to. It's not like one person makes a decision in this. It's like 10 people got to make a decision. So he's like, look, I want to set up a call between me and this other guy and this other guy. So we set up this other call. So we get on another call and there's three people on this call. The main guy who first reached out to me, my point person, then two other people that he works for with, et cetera, whoever they are. All right, so now it's me and these three people on the call. Man, they're asking me basically the same thing. I basically had to go over the same conversation again. For these other two decision-making individuals, told them my fee again, same thing again. And then the people started asking me, because one of the guys who was on this call, right? Here's what happened. One of the other guys who got brought onto the second call, 
he had hooked me up before the call. And when he hooked me up before the call, I found my social media and stuff that I talk about. And you all know, you listen to this show often enough. You know, I talk about things that are kind of third rail topics that people who work in places like academia or in corporate, you ain't allowed to talk about. You can talk about them, but you can't say it out loud or you wouldn't say it publicly because you might lose your job, literally lose your job for talking about certain things a certain way. I can talk about those things because can't nobody fire me. So one of the guys on the call asked me about something that he had heard me say that he knew that. And he even said it in so many words. He said, look, the fact that you talked about these things, you know, you could talk about them. You talk about whatever you want on your platforms. But if we bring you here to speak, our students are going to look you up. They're going to see you talking about this stuff and they might want to you know, try to hold you accountable for the things that you said and question you, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I thought to myself, Raph, when he said it, I said, I have no problem with that. I don't mind somebody challenging me on anything that I've said. If I put it on the record, then that means I'll stand behind it and I'll talk about it. So no problem. He said, all right, cool, cool. We let the conversation go. And then the guy, my point person, main guy said, all right, well, look, we got to talk to the three of us. He says to me, Dre, me and these other two guys, we got to go talk to this person, this person, this person. And then we got to get the money from this person, this person. These people got to sign off and we'll get back to you in like a month about all of this stuff. And I said, all right, cool. We'll connect in a month, talk about whatever it is that we're going to talk about. And I knew as soon as that call ended, I said, this is not going to happen. <laughs> this booking is not going to happen. And it's not because, and here's what y'all got to understand. This is the point I want y'all to get. It's not because of specifically what I said on whatever, this show, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. It's not because I said a certain thing that they couldn't book me. It's because if they booked me, right, and then their students go and look up my socials or they look up something I said on this show and they find it objectionable, the students do, and then I'm the one coming to the school to speak, guess what's going to happen? The students, they were going to try to come at me and they're not going to be able to come at me because I'll verbally smack any of them down. I wish a college student would try to match which with me. They ain't going to win. That was no problem. What's going to happen is they since they couldn't get at me. What they're going to do is find out who's responsible for bringing this individual on campus. And those guys who booked me, their asses will be on fire. They would be the ones getting held to the fire. And because they didn't want to risk their jobs by standing next to somebody who had said something that one of their students might have a problem with. That's why they decided, all right, we can't really we can't do this. We can't you no know, do this booking. So I knew that booking was not going to happen. And I already know it's not going to happen. And it's because of stuff like this. And this is what I want y'all to understand is that some people might think, all right, well, they should book me because I could talk about this and I got this topic and I got this expertise and I got this background, this resume, when that ain't really what they're worried about. Now, while yes, they do want that. They want somebody who's good at this thing, that thing, and the third. At the same time, if it comes at the risk of them possibly getting fired, then no. <laughs> so you got to know the game. All right, this is what I talk about when I say being a hustler. You got to know what the game is. The hustle is you got to know what game they're playing, not the game you're playing, the game they're playing. And it's not always the same game. All right, so this is very, very important for everybody to understand. Many times we misinterpret this and we're complaining about one thing when the thing is actually something else. Okay, so you got to understand that complaining about something doesn't mean anybody needs to change. If you're complaining about things being unfair, you probably don't know what the unfairness is. You're thinking one thing, you're thinking something else. And you probably don't have the power to change the situation. So what's the point of complaining about it? You can't do anything about it anyway. You're speaking up because you want to influence somebody who has power. But if you can't influence people to make changes to fit what you want, then look, you can choose to make the changes and get things how you want them to be yourself. Now, that level of power comes with a package deal of responsibility. That's what you got to take on. That's what comes on the other side of it. So me, I understand that when I get on this show and I talk about things like, 
what I just said. Like in the academic world, you don't remove standards just because a certain group of people are not performing at a certain level. What you do is you find out how the high performers are performing and tell the people at the low level, look, do what these guys are doing so you can perform like them. Right? I can walk on a college campus and say that these days. People, it was like sacrilegious for me to say what I just said on a college campus these days, which is crazy, right? Because it's supposed to be an institution of higher learning. All right. It'd be crazy for me to say something. It'd be crazy for me to say, hey, I'm not a supporter of Black Lives Matter. I feel like they hustled a whole bunch of black people by getting emotionally triggered and then getting scared white people to give them money. And I do believe that. I've said it here on the show. There are people who'd be really mad at me for saying that. And I couldn't walk into a corporate place and say that if I worked there, I get fired. I know this to be true. So I knowing these things, I understand that when I say things like this, it's going to exclude me from ever walking into certain institutions as a hired consultant because of the things that I've said. I know this. I'm taking on that responsibility. So if I want to have the power to say these things, I also got to take on the responsibility that comes with it. Remember in life, folks, there are no perfect scenarios. There are only trade-offs. So if you want to be those guys working on that college campus who, and I will say they were all black people. I will say that. You want to be one of them. You understand that there are certain things you ain't allowed to say out loud. If you want to keep your job, that's the trade-off. You want to keep your job? Okay, certain things you can't say. Now, if you want to say whatever you want to say, there are certain places you can't go, at least not as a hired individual. I have taken on that trade-off. So you got to decide what trade-offs you want to make. Are you prepared to take them on? See, this is one of the leading reasons why people stop working their jobs and become entrepreneurs because they don't want to follow certain rules anymore. They want to be in charge. Okay, that's fine. You become the person in charge. You get to decide what's fair and what's not fair. But at the same time, you understand that when you make rules that way, you take that chance, there are certain things you're excluding yourself from. So what trade-off do you want to make? Because everybody has to make a trade-off. Just a question of which one you're making. All right, nobody has a life with no trade-offs. It might look like you're from the outside looking in, but everybody's making something. All that being said, let's recap today's class, which is fair does not mean the same. I once worked with an entrepreneur who's trying to sell a product. They said they want to sell it at a fair price. I knew they were about to undervalue themselves as soon as they said that word. So let's fix this. First of all, definition of fair means in accordance with rules or standards, also legitimate. I told you in a couple episodes of my show that the rules are not the same for everybody. Everybody does not play by the same rules. Two people can make the exact same request and get completely different answers. Why? Because people have different effects on success. And important means having a profound effect on success. If your effect is more than another person, you should get a different answer than another person. Doesn't that just make sense? Of course it does. Number two, being fair means everybody should be treated based on what they bring to the table and their relative value compared to everybody else in the room. So most of the time people complain that something is unfair, they're incorrect because they are looking at fair as one measure when the measure is actually something completely different than what they think it is. And there are certain areas in every organization where everybody is held to a certain standard, but there are other areas where the standards vary depending on who the person is. Your job as a hustler, your job as a discerning individual is to figure out which areas are which so you don't make mistakes, political mistakes. This is all part of politics. And number three, 98% of the time we think something's unfair is because we're looking at the wrong metric. The people who you're looking at are measuring one thing while you're measuring something different. And as long as you have that mystery and you don't know what they're actually looking at, and oftentimes they won't tell you. So for example, this guy tells me, hey, Dre, we're not going to be able to book you for this gig. And I ask him, all right, what's the reason? He ain't going to tell me the real reason because he can't say it out loud. All right. He can't leave a paper trail of saying what the real reason is. I just told you what the real reason is, but that's because I know the game. I, I understand the hustle. I've explained this hustle to y'all so many times over the last three years of the show. I know what's going on. He can't say it out loud, but he knows as well as I do. If I ever meet this guy in person, he can tell me in person because there's no paper trail to that. But you got to know what the game is, folks. You got to know what measure other people are measuring by. And if you misjudge this, you'll end up making a fool of yourself because you're thinking they're looking at one thing when they're actually looking at something different. So you got to know what the game is. And if you go into any places that are highly politicized, such as government, 
academia or the corporate world or any of you are already in those spaces, you already know exactly what I'm talking about. If you already work in government, academia or corporate, you're just nodding your head right now. Your neck hurts from nodding your head at everything that I'm saying right now because I'm speaking your language. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, if you're not in one of these spaces, I'm letting you know if you plan on being in one of them. All right. You better figure out what the game is and don't be the one who doesn't know because you're going to be the one making a fool of yourself because they're measuring thing A and you're measuring thing B. All right. So make sure you don't make this mistake. All that said, text me, get my daily motivation straight to your phone or weekly motivation, whatever it's going to be. My number is 305-384-6894 and go to workonyourgame.net. Get access to my free training, which is five steps. Every six figure professional needs to get from the six figure level to the seven figure level is a five step system. Tell you exactly what it is at workonyourgame.net. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused, and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number. 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 305-384-6894.